my brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me, but he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Working with college students sometimes puts me ahead of the curve in seeing changes and shifts in society and not necessarily leaps ahead for mankind. One of the things over the last few years that we've been bemoaning in campus ministry is how kids today don't seem to be able to commit to things. So for example, we had this uh, great conference that we were going to in Baltimore that we had an opportunity to go for three days, two nights at this really beautiful hotel for about $250. It would be like great speakers and all kinds of stuff that was going to be appealing to them. And when we were talking about it, they were all excited and interested and totally wanted to go. So I said, okay, we're going to put the invite on Facebook. There'll be the link to register and you know know what to do. He had five people say yes right away. Three say no. 35 not respond and 50 maybes. You have any idea how fun it is to try to plan a trip with hotel rooms and buses with 50 maybes. So we break down the list and go among ourselves and say, let's all reach out to them individually and start you know, trying to get some sense of where they're at. Are they going or not? So I would write to one of them on Facebook, hey, John, saw you marked maybe for the trip when we talked you seemed really interested are you still interested in going and oh yeah father Jim I just got to check with and fill in the blank mom and dad work the dog I don't know to see if I can go okay do you have any idea when you might know for sure silence hello 
I'll get back to you, Father Jim. Okay, no pressure, John. If you don't want to go, it's totally fine. Just let me know because we're trying to get the buses and everything together. Okay, okay. No, Father Jim, I'm really interested. Okay. Days go by. You reach out again. Hey, John, just so you know, the cutoff date is tomorrow. Tomorrow is the deadline. I'm not sure what you're thinking. And then it's, oh, oh, crap, Father Jim. What time do I have to know to by tomorrow? I'm not even being overly dramatic here even if John is a little bit of a composite character of all the students that I work with. I have to laugh because even last year at the end of the semester, our students were arguing that our Sunday night mass time at 8.30 on campus was too late. So I explained, well, 8.30 p.m. is not the, the Father Jim preferred time. If, if you got an earlier time in the day, that's fine. But we just make sure we have a time that the community that there's a consensus that we're all going to commit to that that's going to work for everybody and as we went around the, the room discussing times this one student rattled off a whole variety of times from early evening to morning to noon and after about 10 minutes of hearing her bop around all different options that worked on to her personal liking depending on where she was in the semester I'm like I hate to break it to you Amanda Mass isn't an on-demand thing. I'm not like Netflix, where you come down, you ring the doorbell at the Newman Center, and I'm just going to say mass for you. The reality is, though, that that's becoming more and more of a common experience, even outside of my work in campus ministry. Friends will tell me that there's a deadline for something at work, and it's beyond rare that someone will respond to you even before that date or without numerous reminders. Even family gatherings have gone way more flexible, which growing up would have been unthinkable. Dinner at grandma and grandpa's on Sunday, you might be excused if you were violently ill with a stomach bug. Although I can remember a couple times being on Princeton Street, lying on my grandmother's couch with the plastic slip covers and everything, sucking on ice chips and flat soda, I'm just saying. But now, when I'm planning a New Year's Day gathering for my family, I'm completely prepared now that the number of guests can go from 20 to 50 just a few days before the event. And there's all the, the usual suspects for this new reality. Social media, people being more mobile and having a lot more options and opportunities thrown at them on a constant basis have made us have option overload. That we're almost afraid to commit to even having dinner with someone unless something else comes up that we seem to think is such more importance. All those thoughts were coming to mind with two words from today's gospel. Resolutely determined. We heard that right at that beginning of that passage where St. Luke shifts the narrative to talk about how Jesus was moving towards Jerusalem and knows that his passion is upcoming, and that's what awaits him for there. And Luke observes, Jesus is resolutely determined to embark on this journey of eternal significance for you and for me and for all humanity. He's resolutely determined to save us from our sins. He's resolutely determined to save us from death. No maybes. No let me get back to you. His vision is clear. His love for us isn't going to be compromised, and it's not going to be delayed. But in response to that, Jesus is looking for 
for some similar reaction on the part of those he's willing to die for. And that's what makes the second part of that passage kind of jarring for us to hear. We hear things like foxes have dens and birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Let the dead bury their dead. No one who sets his hand to the plow and looks to what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. And to our our modern sensibilities, when we hear that, we like the sense of freedom we think that we have by not committing to something right away. So all those words seem harsh and they seem off-putting. We'll get back to you, Jesus. Maybe. But Jesus is being clear and honest and upfront about all that's required in, in following him. It's not enough to buy into a romanticized notion of discipleship. It's a serious commitment with great demands. And so we kind of need to ask ourselves, are we willing to give up security and sign on for the unpredictable adventure that comes when we we set our feet onto the path that Jesus has called us to and to follow him? Because that means our mind has to to reject those those natural impulses that even foxes and birds have, that of their instinct, of their habitats, in order to make that choice to follow Jesus and direct us in a different way. Are we willing to risk the, the comfortableness of our lives, the relationships, the projects, the plans that we're attached to when Jesus is calling us to something that might upset that? And that's what's going on when Jesus tells the young man to let the dead bury their dead. That's not an insensitive response and an unreasonable demand to a grieving son. More than likely, the young man was saying to Jesus, I want to follow you, Lord, but I kind of have things to do. I have things to attend to here with my family. Once my father gets old and dies, then I'll have that freedom and then I'll follow you. Christ wants us to heed him without delay. And finally, are are we prepared to expect difficulties in following Jesus? When we see fields of crops or flowers, we see the beauty of that finished project. Rarely do we pause to reflect on, on the difficulty, the dedication, the perseverance that's required day after day, week after week, to get those fields and those things into something from seedlings into an abundant bounty. And in a similar way, once we start pursuing Jesus, it's tough. It's hard, particularly in a world that's growing increasingly hostile to him and to his message and to his followers. But Jesus isn't asking for a perfectly cultivated field, but that we keep pushing, that we keep plowing with all that we have within us. Very beautifully in that second reading today, St. Paul makes the point that that Jesus has set us free from the yoke of slavery. We're given the opportunity, the freedom, to choose who to follow, what impact that's going to have on our lives and our direction, and how we're going to let that choice determine all the opportunities that we're encountered with and that we're asked to make yeses and nos to. Jesus' gift of himself has has raised the bar, and he hopes that we will strive to resolutely determine to use that freedom to be clear and unhesitating and unambiguous in the 
wholehearted commitment to be his disciple. The work of establishing God's kingdom of justice and reconciliation and peace has no time for, yeah, but first, or in a minute, or maybe. The gospel is not some set of noble ideals that we just aspire to or words that we just memorize. It's a mandate that we have to commit ourselves to. And when we struggle, and when we get exhausted, and when we feel discouraged, we're not to give up. We're to call on one another as brothers and sisters to strengthen our resolve. And in those moments we fail, we need to call on the Lord and to experience his mercy, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, where we confess our sins, we're forgiven, and we start over recommitted. Discipleship isn't about being a spectator to God's presence, but rather a commitment to engage in that hard work of building up the kingdom of God ourselves, no matter what the cost to us. Knowing that when we do, we're following the one who always has and always will have us in mind and what is best for us and for our good. Amen.